I'm recognized for the work that I do, which is tremendous, and less so for my my being associated with a larger world of celebrity that right. people want to be a part of. And that didn't have to happen. I miss it. Right. But I also appreciate it. in order to maintain and cultivate and increase that level of fame, mm-hmm. it would have required a lot more work on fame than I was interested in. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I would think that, because we're different, I don't crave that kind. But I would think, in, like, say, in your neighborhood, you wouldn't want that. In Brooklyn. Why? I don't know, because I don't want people... Would you to... like getting free drinks and tables at restaurants? That's true. I do. Everybody, this is 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame. I'm Jamie Berger, and this is about <laughs> take 30 of my intro to our very first episode. So I'm going to get through this baby and drop episode one. Author Michael Joseph Gross begins his book, Starstruck, When a Fan Gets Close to Fame, by recounting a conversation he had with Ray Bradbury who tells Gross about how, when he was 13, his family moved from Illinois to Hollywood, where Bradbury became an autograph hound. He would hang around outside Paramount Studios with the older, grown-up autograph hounds and hound celebrities for autographs. Bradbury tells Gross, I was standing outside the walls of Paramount Studios when I was 13 years old, and I had a dream that I would jump over the wall and land inside and write a picture. Gross goes on to tell us that 20 years later, the dream had come true. Bradbury had written the script for John Huston's Moby Dick and found himself on the other side of those very same cordons at the premiere, where he spied many of those same collectors he had known as a kid. Bradbury went over to his old friends and asked them if they remembered him, which they did. They proceeded to ask him what he was up to now, and then, Bradbury tells Gross, I got very embarrassed and didn't want to tell them. There was this chasm that had opened up between us, between what we had done together, what they were doing now, and what I was doing now. And I said, I worked on the screenplay. And they said, did you type it? Were you in the stenographer's department? And I said, no, I wrote the screenplay. And a strange and magical thing happened. Suddenly, all their hands shot out, and there were half a dozen autograph books in front of me and someone handing me a pen. I had crossed the border. I was not collecting autographs. I was giving my first ones. It made me cry. I had made it over the wall. But none of those other people had made it over the wall. Thank you, Ray Bradbury and Michael Joseph Gross, for this perfect anecdote to start off 15 minutes. The book, again, is Starstruck, and it's a great read, especially if you happen to be interested in the topic of this podcast. On 15 Minutes, we'll hear from people on all different parts of that journey. People on the far side of the wall who are famous or semi-famous, 
people who've climbed over haven't liked what they've seen and climbed right on back, never to return. People who've struggled over and been chucked unceremoniously back. People who've avoided fame like the plague. Those who've craved it their whole lives. Others who are just now starting to clamber up and over the wall. And we'll also hear from some teenagers who are still deciding whether to even approach it. Why do we care about this wall? Or, if you don't care about it, please consider giving us a call to tell us how you manage that trick. Why do I want to talk about it in a podcast? Why do I think you'll want to listen? I'm going to just let those questions sit for now. My first guest is John Hodgman. You may know him as a correspondent on The Daily Show, as the author of several compendia of dubious knowledge, as the personification of a PC from the Mac ads, as the proprietor of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, or maybe from way back in the day from his McSweeney's online column, John Kellogg Hodgman, former literary agent, which is where I first got to know him. Or you may not know him at all. We recorded this conversation on Labor Day weekend 2014 as John was coming to the end of a New England summer vacation at his family home when he had scheduled a casual meetup of the Justice Club of his podcast at the Rendezvous in Turner's Falls, Mass., a bar restaurant I co-own. The meetup was in part, as he put it, to get back in shape for being famous as he headed back to work for fall in New York. It was a one-day celebrity spring training, if you will. I've got a ton more to tell you about (laughs) the podcast, the website, the blog, the 15 minutes hotline you can call and leave your story, thoughts, feedback, or whatever you like, but any of which might end up here on the show if you want to burn a few seconds of your quarter hour of fame uh, by being on here. For now, though, I'm going to stop and give you episode one of 15 minutes. It was recorded in a crowded bar, so please pardon the ambience. Welcome to 15 minutes. Enjoy. <laughs> you were counting on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, which one were those? John. Yes. This is John Hodgman yes. speaking to you from Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Yes. What is your claim to fame? At the fame? rendezvous. I am, a, I am a somewhat famous minor television personality, author, uh, comedian, actor, uh, mustache owner, former professional literary agent. Yes, that's where I first... And, part, and part-time resident of Western Massachusetts. I, we were first in contact when you were a former literary agent. Is that so? I was running a sports website, and I wrote to you because I had been reading the column and said, would you like to write about sports? And you wrote back saying you know nothing about sports, and you'd be delighted. But I don't think I ever pushed you further on that. I don't think, I don't think you did. Jamie, yeah. I'm not sure that I remember that That was encounter. a long... Because I remember meeting you at the, at the book mill. I was in San Francisco back when that was happening. Oh, that was okay. in my previous life. You met... Look, Anya and I, my wife and I, met at your first... 
reading at the book at the at the uh, at the book mill yeah. when 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 we met through Sarah and Matthew at the Lady Killigrew at that yeah. time. Yeah. And I was going to the Lady Killigrew to hang out because it was the coolest place to hang out. And there you were, and I think you introduced yourself to me, and it must have been yeah. in the context in the of context having of the weird. In, we in had just before. emailed before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Wow. And uh, yeah, that time at that time. You were the most famous person at the Lady Killigrew. At the Lady Killigrew. He was like, "There's that guy again. That's the Lady Killigrew guy." Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta up my game a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I was working on. I, I may have been working on my book, or maybe the year after my first book came out. When I was, I was in grad school, yeah, right. this, all this rendezvous had not yet even and that, yep. been a twinkle in the eye. So that's how we know each other. Yes. Well, there you go. Yes. So I've, I've told you the basic concept behind what I what I like to Fame. do, and that is to talk to people with some experience with, it, and just anyone, plumbers, people I know, because I think it's a topic that warrants discussion. Well, you meet me here in the midst of my uh, yes. Judge John Hodgman yes. Pioneer Valley Justice Club yes. meetup. Uh, I, I had long ago promised to hold a meetup for listeners to my podcast, yeah. Judge John Hodgman. And I finally paid it off on over Labor Day weekend. And you seem, you know, as far as the showing up for people who know you from the radio, you know, re- wrestling with that, I always, you seem very comfortable. And yeah. Well, here's the benefit of, of fame. It, it was not, it was not something that I necessarily sought out. Although I think anyone who's involved in the arts, you know, obviously wants to make something that connects with an audience. Yes. And so knowing that it does connect with an audience is extremely gratifying and deeply surprising. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're yeah. doing anything honest. They had a Josh for me. Um, but the the nice thing, but you know, and I had a few people who would write me emails mm-hmm. from time to time when I was just writing for the internet, for example, yeah. Jamie yes. being one of them. And that was always really exciting. Writing for the writing for the McSweeney's website was a, a, a an incredible thing because it was the first time I appreciated that there was an audience of humans out there who were responding to what I did, and were literally responding. Like they were literally writing back, yeah. you know, and 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 that kind of immediate feedback from creative work was something that uh, only happened prior to the internet on stage. I think. Otherwise, you would put your stuff out there and it would disappear, and maybe someone would say something to you once or whatever. But now I had people arguing with me, people yeah. playing jokes with me, emailing back and forth as I answered their questions about publishing, and I and I realized that this is um, this is a a a, a very uh, potent way to keep me creative um, because you, b you become addicted to that kind of response. You want to you want to get more of it, so you want to put more out so that people will give you give you back more. I agree. And uh, and you know. The, that the, the the nice part about fame, things really changed once I went on television, and that largely happened by accident. I was promoting a book, and I and I went on the Daily Show, and they asked me to come back and do more comedy. And once you're on TV, there's a whole other aspect of you know people who are approaching you, not because they're familiar with your work at all, but because they recognize you from their own living room. And then the ads. And you're appearing in, in, in the ads in particular, the Apple ads. You know, suddenly you're appearing before them, someone from their own living room, like a ghost in, in their everyday life, yeah. and that was that's that was a little bit different. And uh, uh, 
and, and in, in many ways a different level of um, addictive pleasure comes out of that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm more in my, for myself, I feared that. And I've always wanted, you know, when I've had a blog or when I've had whatever, is, is the, the feeding on people actually, I don't make stuff for my own, it's not a journal I'm writing, I, I want feedback and feedback feeds you. That's what I want to hear, Emily. But the recognized thing, I mean, even being the guy who owns the rendezvous in Franklin County is a little bit... I'm not into it, but whatever. I wouldn't do me. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks again. Safe trip back. Thank you. What's her podcast? Uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Check it out. But uh, I've always craved the, you know, interact. In in fact, there goes famous Tracy, host of Stuff You Missed in History Class. Yes. Um, You called her that earlier. Yeah, because we, we, we met... We met before, but we first became friends on the Jonathan Colton uh, cruise. On the cruise, and uh, and she was asking a question about you know what's what's it like to be famous? Yeah, and I think we were all a little embarrassed by it because everyone who was performing on that cruise, with the arguable exception of me, because I had been on a television show that I had nothing to do with. Um, were all known only for work that they had put out into the world without the benefit of any major media. Yeah. You know, like, just putting stuff out onto the internet. And so the reality was that everyone, everyone in the audience was as famous as we were. You know, we were, if we were famous at all, it was yeah. maybe just a step above. And even I am recognizable only because, uh, you know, John Stewart, <laughs> I'm glad to say, gave my work a vote of confidence and put yeah. me on his air. Yeah. Um, so then we started referring to Tracy as famous Tracy and it is stuck. And she has become in and a way famous I mean, as I, famous I will, Tracy I will within, drop that, her line within that community. To, to discuss that with yeah. her. Well, it's strange that you know, it's a celebrity cruise what, and you weren't you but guys there weren't celebrities. Really ce- yeah, no. you're just... And there really aren't celebrities that much anymore in the way that there the way that there were. Little niche... Yeah, ghettoized celebrities. In effect, we're all former professional right. literary agents now right. because we all are, you know, everyone's got a podcast. Not everyone, but yeah. if, if you want yeah. to create something in the world, you have uh, access to a worldwide audience via the internet in a way that just wasn't possible yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah. And people find their own people in this vast community of computer and cell phone users. And they develop their own little cultures of fame. Yeah. 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 But I think the nice thing about that is when, when you are known for what you put on the internet, that is because you are known for what you made. Yeah. Not for... Not for being associated yeah. with something yeah. even more yeah. even more famous. Yeah. But even so, I mean, I don't want you to get me wrong. Like, being recognized on the subway or whatever for being in the Apple ads or for being on The Daily Show or, or on Bored to Death or whatever and people don't even know who I am mm-hmm. uh, that's great it is? oh yeah what, it's, it's what does it feel like? well you know as, a, as, an, as an artist it feels good to be to be recognized for your work mm-hmm. as a narcissist it right. feels great to be recognized for nothing <laughs> interesting <laughs> Other than other than other than your existence, that's incredibly validating to an egomaniacal only child member of the member of the uh, worldwide um, super smart afraid of conflict narcissist right. club that is all only children. See, because I, I want to be recognized for my work, but when I'm recognized 
for like, like this, even though yes, I made well, this, this is for your the other work. people. Right. It doesn't feel like my work because I've never aspired to own a business, and it just kind of happened. Right. And so I don't feel attached to it. So I feel like you're not really. You're, you're meeting and being excited to meet me, but I didn't do anything. And the, and you think I'm rich because of it, but I'm not. So yeah, I feel well that, kind of I like mean, a. I just feel like a fraud all the time. I think. So it's, it's yeah. No, it. I, I think I think you you, lots and lots of people, who are involved in the arts do feel like frauds all the time. The ones who don't are the true sociopaths who are the most successful. I think. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it it is it is. I think fundamentally pleasurable in an infantile way to be adored by humans and the reason really doesn't matter mm-hmm. and uh, if you've been away let's say for the whole summer in remote yeah. corners of Maine yeah. and you've grown um, embarrassing facial hair that makes you unrecognizable I didn't recognize and no, and no, and no one has said anything to you about yeah. fame for a while yeah. then you might even Force a bunch of strangers to meet you in a bar in order to before you return to New York yeah, to get your to, to to in order to get a fix get your fame mojo back. Yeah, well, I don't know. If, you know, the, that's the other thing is that it is it is a mojo that that comes and goes. Yeah. And the number of people who used to approach me on the street after the app when the Apple ads were still yeah. on the air versus now it's tr- declined yeah. dramatically. Uh, you also, and the, and yeah. the only benefit yeah. and the benefit of it is truly that the people who do ever approach me. Are people who know what I do, as right? To because you also I, don't look. You have the mustache now, even when you don't have this. You don't look like that guy so much anymore. Where right. People are going to be like, mm-hmm. uh, but so, it's but it's not. But that's not. You know, like I I may have unconsciously grown a mustache to sabotage my own fame. Sure, it did seem to coincide pretty well with a with a with a drop <laughs> a drop a drop of in the number of. Uh, Professorial and, and doctor roles that I was being offered. Interesting. Uh, and a slight uptick in the in the number of uh, uh, creep and uh, pedophile roles. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, my 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 fame, such as it is, is really um, matured, it plateaued, and if, if anything is, it's sort of settled back kind of at a level a little bit of, above where I where I was when I was just writing yeah. for the internet, but not a, not a lot. Higher. I'm recognized for the work that I do, which is tremendous, and less so for my my being associated with a larger world of celebrity that right. people want to be a part of. And that didn't have to happen. I miss it, right? But I also appreciate, in order to maintain and cultivate and increase that level of fame, mm-hmm. it would have required a lot more work on fame than I was interested in. Yeah, so. yeah. And I would think that. Because we, we're different. I don't crave that kind. But I would think, in, like, say, in your neighborhood, you wouldn't want that. In Brooklyn. Why? I don't know, because I don't want people... Don't you to... like getting free drinks and tables at restaurants? That's true. I do. I mean, I do when I've been... Yes, I go out with Eugene, and, and things happen that are nice. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just... I, we'll see. I don't know what would happen if I ever experienced it. Um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, the only time, the only time that I feel un- unhappy, like now that now that fame has truly settled into mild renown for me, and those people who would approach me, you say ultra now? No, mild renown. <laughs> my ultra now. My ultra now. Okay. No, now that fame is mild renown. Now that right. what was arguably right. my fame right. has really devolved into mild mm-hmm. renown. Um, and really has settled around people who 
know me for the work that I put out into the world, whether it's my podcast or my books or, mm-hmm. or you know, other stuff that I do that's really me. Yes, yeah, I have no I have no problem with it at all. In fact I'm very grateful and, and amazed that I get to I get to reach those people. Yeah. You know, the, the Judge John Hodgman podcast was really a chance to have meetups like this, but virtually over the podcast, you know, with all kinds of people all around the country. I really love that. What are the name of the book? The only time that it is uncomfortable is when when I, people approach me because they the very rare case where they don't see me as a human, but they see me as a conduit to a more interesting life for them. For them, in yeah. some way. Yeah. That being, that taking a picture, stealing my image for a second, or talking to me might get them some excitement in their lives yeah. that they might not other, otherwise have. And that's always sad to me because everyone's lives is exciting in their own way. Yeah. And, and or people who are yeah. trying to. Yeah. You know, who have some illusion that by talking to me, yeah. they're going to get somehow get to talk yeah. to the next famous person. Up That's the chain. what I mean when, when with the discomfort part. But there, you know, those yeah. are, I guess I guess you're a little bit more open to creeps, but there are creeps everywhere. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, it takes me away from my children. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want, daughter? Yeah, we got to go. Okay. All right, that's how it is, everybody. Uh, John Hodgman. Arguably famous minor television personality signing. Thanks. Yeah, we gotta go. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is fun. And I quote, As an artist, it feels good to be recognized for your work. As a narcissist, it feels great to be recognized for nothing. John Hodgman. There you have it. Let the conversation begin. Hodge maniacs, Hodgeheads, Judgealos, stick around because after I get done with this, we've tacked on the rougher sounding, but we hope still enjoyable recording of the meetup that day. Please check out 15minutesjamieberger.com. That's the number 1515-J-A-M-I-E-B-E-R-G-E-R.com for blog, pictures, words, updates, and where to find us elsewhere. Um, got a story, a fame story, thoughts, comments, feedback, advice? We are just getting started here. Grab a small piece of your 15 minutes by calling the 15 Minutes Hotline and leaving a message at 8722156467 that number once again 8722156467 thank you so much john for helping get the ball rolling thanks to at patnode for engineering editing and keeping me calm and helping me figure out all kinds of zany tech shit we're dealing with thanks to anya Schutz, photographer webmaster logo designer and patient supportive and super insightful wife Thanks so much to the music makers, the dreamers of the dream, Christian Kundari at Fishfin Studios. The music was mixed and mastered. Mastered. We're just going to leave that there. By Nick Zampiello, New Alliance East. And thanks to Matt Savage for getting those people together and getting them on board, even though he didn't want a credit here for some reason. And last, besides you... Thanks to Devin for the tag coming up at the end here. And now thanks to you for listening. 
Find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, other places. And if you're feeling patron-like, on patreon.com. Please, please subscribe, download, rate us on iTunes. It's super important, wicked helpful. It's the best thing you could do to help this keep going. Okay, here's the Hodgman Meetup Bonus Bootleg Rarity Special Bonus Track. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger. Yeah, it's true. Oh, okay. Can I have everyone's attention, please? Have you done I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done anything yet, nor am I going to do anything. Yay! No formal presentations of any kind. You may notice that my bailiff, my local bailiff, Monty, Monty Monty. He's not even mingling. He's not even meeting up with people. He's sitting having a glass of wine with people he already knows. That's gonna that's gonna change. I've mingled. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I saw him mingle. I was there against Bailey, but I mingled with them. Oh, okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Is that, so thank you very much for coming to this uh, impromptu Judge John Hodgman Labor Day weekend meetup here at the Rendezvous. Big round of applause for the people here at the Rendezvous. I was just, you know, I was I was looking for a place to do it in Greenfield until I remembered that's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just start that right back up again. Huh? Well, I hope there's press here. I, there's <laughs> I recorded that. Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> Greenfield is a, is a wonderful place. And it, would, it would have been really lovely to do it at a place in Greenfield. Uh, but then I realized that my friends here at the Rendezvous, this is where I've always done events in this area. And Emily Brewster, who can't be here, uh, uh, all, you know, has a stake in this place, as does Jamie, and so it just uh, it just seemed right. So, fuck it, Greenfield, I'm sorry. <laughs> send, that, send that into the recording. I haven't been, everybody go to Seymour's? I haven't been there. Is that good? good. Yeah. Seymour's? Yep. Did someone just go, no good? No, so good. So, so good. good, yeah. They were singing Sweet Caroline, though. They were? So good! Oh, so, so good! good. <laughs> and, uh, and Magpie, obviously, and Hope and all of everybody's favorite. Uh, go to the Green Film and spend your money there. It's a great place. Do you get that? Do you get all of that? Or are you just going to take the one part out of context? <laughs> Press. It's so nice to see so many old friends and new friends here. Um, uh, I already know that uh, Dan and uh, Jen are from the, the uh, what was it called? Postmortem. Postmortem. Uh, sorry, I don't remember any of the names. <laughs> I, judged, I judged them harshly. Is there anyone else here whom I judge harshly? In the, in the New York Times. In the New York Times. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I know that? Yeah. We did it in person at the Bruce, and then you played it up. And then you that weekend. Okay. We did your homework for it. Can we do it again? Because I have another one to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I love him around. He bought me for, I got a ticket for the 50-50, and he wanted his dollar. He wanted half of my winnings. He wanted half of it? You yeah, bought him a rack? He gave me the dollar back, but I went through to buy the ticket. Oh. <laughs> 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 in, in whose favor did I rule? Me? I take it back. There's a problem for me. There's a problem for me. 
send you have my email address, right? Send me send me send me the whole send me all the, the details. I'm gonna revisit this. <laughs> I'm I'm initiating an appeal. <laughs> what possible Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm so sorry I know you are, yeah. You should have So you bought her a raffle ticket. Where? I borrowed a dollar from him. I chose to buy the raffle. Oh, that's why I found it. <laughs> yeah. He gave me a dollar to buy a raffle ticket. Yeah. I was buying, I, I was buying a raffle ticket. She wanted a raffle ticket. Turns out she didn't have any money. I bought two and handed her one. She Wait, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I won the raffle. And she got a big lot of money. Feel a single dollar off the hand back. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's gotten very, this has gotten, this has gotten to be very different. You said he loaned you a dollar and of your own will, you walked over here and bought a But you say, be quiet. What did you say? How did it go from your point of view? From my point of view, yeah. I walked, you know, they were walking around selling 50 50 raffle tickets. I said, can I have First one? of all, you're saying that like everyone knows what that is. That's exactly or, what you said last time. <laughs> We're not, we're not, we're not all CD gamblers. <laughs> Where were you that they were selling a racket? It was at our college ag field day. College field day. Yep. And what's a 50-50 raffle ticket? Where everybody pays in, and however much money they've raised, 50 of it gets uh, goes to the winner, and okay. 50% of it goes to whatever. Fun the thing. Okay, yeah, gotcha. All right, gotcha. 50. Now I understand. It's like, have you ever, have you ever stood behind someone? When you're trying to buy a Coke or whatever, and they're buying lottery tickets, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, "Yeah, give me five on six over two. And five. <laughs> like, what are you talking? I just want to buy a Coke. Day. Fifty-fifties are very common in New Jersey. Okay, fifty-fifties are common. That's how you fund the government. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, stole your, your, I, I didn't mean to steal your joke. We're going to say the same thing. Yeah, same yeah. All right, so you're at the thing. I'm at the thing, getting the ticket. She you're wants getting to, a ticket. I am getting a ticket. She would like a ticket as well, and realizes it doesn't have a dollar with it. I'll loan you that. I'll, I'll get you one here. And I give her a bike. Well, no, see, that's different. See, it's I a question is whether you loaned her a dollar or whether you bought her a ticket. Yes. These are not questions you asked during the first trial. So. <laughs> did he loan you a dollar or did he buy you a ticket? From my frame of reference, that dollar would have been loaned to me except for those more much money, How much money was it? It was more efficient to hand it to the ticket sale. How much money did you win? Three hundred and... No, it was $160,000. $164,000? Roughly. And you gave him a dollar? I owed him a dollar. And everybody around us screamed when she did it. Kind of like what just did here. That's immaterial. I also bought a After the movie. You owe $81. Oh, I do. I have an article that is I don't care. You misrepresented yourself. How many years ago was this? 20. No, no. When we had this conversation. Uh, uh, when your third book came out, you did the book signing at the Roost for Essentials. So like, right, so that's 2011 or 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's say two years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm back to me in two years, maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> but you, two years ago, you did not, this was not the story. <laughs> I didn't know. It is your job to ask those questions. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> He's asking them now. I asked them and I got the answers. What if I had taken the dollar into my possession and then handed it to the ticket? Yeah. What? What if I had taken the dollar into my possession and then handed it to the ticket? And then it yours. He bought you a ticket. He didn't loan you a dollar. He, he bought you a ticket. It's my ticket. No, it's not. It's his. I bought the ticket. And he gave it. I'll take it. Tom loaned me his floor and mailer, and that's how I put it on my floor in my kitchen. Yeah, you own half your floor. <laughs> if you, if, look, if you go out and get an investor in a lottery ticket. <laughs> You're only required to pay back that dollar or maybe some, some interest, right? But he bought a ticket for you. No, right, I, it's a I, gift. my intention was to buy my own ticket. I just didn't have a dollar on me. Send me, send me, send me, send me all the, I'll revisit this case. I don't like this at all. Just out of curiosity, not that, not that justice is done this way. But how many people think that she owes him a something dollars. And how many people think that she owes him nothing? It's about 50-50. It's about 50-50. It's another 50-50. That's why, all right, well, that's why it comes to me. Anyone else here who was judged? Tracy? I don't remember, but I still, I still agree. Like, what was the dispute? Uh, you came to our office, right? And I was not there. Oh yeah, right. Because I didn't notice at that time. Because what's that? Well, I didn't know at the time. Right. That I was eventually going to become a famous person. But let's put it. <laughs> let's put, let's enjoy your fame. <laughs> so what Tracy works at stuff. Well, at how stuff works. She has her own podcast. Stuff. Which what has it phrased? Stuff you missed in history, history class. class. Right. Okay. Yes. Stuff you missed in history class. Well, I never. Yes. Not, not actually for maximum. Oh, that's oh, not yeah. That's right. so oh, you should maximum. support maximum. <laughs> easy, easy day. 
Tracy, I know Tracy because she works at Ohio Step Works still, right? Yeah, that hasn't changed. And, I, and through my friendship with Josh and Chuck from Step You Should Know podcast, I went down to do an event with them in Atlanta. And they're like, oh, it's too bad Tracy isn't here. She really loves your work. And I said, well, where is she? Like, she's on vacation. It's like, well, I guess that's more important than meeting me. I'm going to go into her office and mess around. So I pretended to pour honey on her keyboard and took some pictures in her office. And you got mad about it, and I said, tough. And if it weren't, but if it weren't for Josh and Chuck and that day of pranks, we wouldn't know each other, would we? And you wouldn't, you wouldn't have necessarily come on the Jonathan Colton cruise. Exactly. And then we played Scrabble. We've had a running Scrabble tournament on the Jonathan Colton Cruise. Quite awesome. And uh, it's uh, how, how many times have you done it? Four times? We played four times and I won once. Right. But the last the last one I got really lucky. Yeah. The second one destroyed me. I really have more than hundred points, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now if it weren't for all of that, maybe you never would have moved to the wonderful Commonwealth of Massachusetts where you no. So yeah, you owe me eighty-two dollars. <laughs> Anyone else uh, want to go question my judgments? So, but there was no one else here who was on the podcast other than Dan and I'm sorry, Jen, 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 Jen. Great. Well, you guys win. Everyone else loses. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna uh, hang around for a while and talk and whatever. I didn't. I'm really out of shape. I've been away doing nothing all summer. I didn't bring a sharpie or anything to sign anything. You got a beard? Something. We got a beard. I have pizza stains on my shorts and everything. <laughs> I was just in Kennebunk. <laughs> Yesterday with Jonathan, the fresh banana man, in his closet, and uh, Dan was like, "Did you bring any bananas?" I'm like, "Oh, that would have been great." <laughs> and if I just bought him out of bananas and brought them all here and just threw them on the floor, <laughs> so I'm really I'm a little rusty in terms of public appearances. So I uh, apologize if I seem a little awkward. Anybody, and is anyone here? Not understand what's going on. <laughs> Are there any any other any other points of debate or questions you'd like to ask now? Settle now. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Hey, famous Tracy. Have your people get in touch with. Well, me. I don't have people yet. Let's see if we can have a conversation sometime. This has been the debut of 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger. Thanks for listening.
gave me burger.